In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome everyone to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 19th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me or what the show is about, feel free to listen to previous episodes either on my website, carolcoaching.com, that's two R's and two L's, or the voiceamerica.com business channel, or just go to your favorite podcast app and uh, ask Siri or whoever you like to put on Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Today, my guest is Rindy Bristol. Welcome, Rindy. Hi, Amy. I'm really glad you're here to talk with me today because um, we've had a recent connection and you left me laughing hysterically after your email. So I'm delighted to be able to have listeners listen in on the conversation that's going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here. Good. And before, actually, before I talk about Rindy, I should probably, Rindy, I spent an hour at the dentist today getting a cavity filled. Now, I know the timing was probably not really smart because you always get a Novocaine shot and your mouth is numb. And my I'm like three hours after it and my mouth is just starting to loosen <laughs> up. Uh, so I, I confess that early on in case I start lisping uncontrollably, um, <laughs> people know it's not due to any alcoholic beverages. So, Rindy, the other thing that I don't know, has this ever happened to you? This was the first time a dentist offered to let me watch what they were doing. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I got to hold up the mirror and I was, I was kind of in the way, you know, they had to kind of work around me and it was no big deal. And I got to watch the whole thing and she was explaining it. It was really fascinating. No kidding. It's yeah. like it's something that you really never get to see, but it's so close to, right. you know, it's so close to everything, but it's not something you get to see very awesome. Very cool. Plus the other thing was, you know, that high pitch drilling that is so unpleasant to listen to. It made it totally bearable because I'm like, oh, they're taking out the old cavity. Okay, I get it, what they're doing. And so it just shifted me from this state of tension to the state of curiosity. Very clever. Yeah, interesting. Very cool. So listeners, let me tell you about Rindy. Originally, she was uh, born and raised in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. (laughs) Not easy with Novocaine in the system to say that. And you're still um, from there originally and living there today. You bet. Right? Yep. Yeah, it's very yep. cool. Uh, and for those people who don't know Saskatoon, you get a whole lot of snow in the wintertime. We do. We do. We've actually already had like our annual snowfall and it's only the beginning of December. We had a big snowstorm back about three weeks ago where we got about 35 centimeters of snow. So snowmen are in full swing and forts and, um, you know, snow caves and tobogganing is, is in full swing in, in Saskatoon wow. these days. Oh my gosh. And I remember um, you and I, we originally met when I came over, it was 2016 and Mm -hmm. the amazing Betty Ann Higgy invited me to come 
join her executive education course that she offers at Edwards School of Business. And that's how you and I first met. You bet. Yeah, I remember the night clearly. And I remember what you were wearing that night. It was, um, and I remember the weather that night. It was a snowy. I know um, winter had just kicked in because the day before apparently was fine. And then I show up and yes, you had your first day of winter. Yeah, yeah. You brought the snow with you. (laughs) You're welcome. So thank you. Rindy, you told me that you had, you got a scholarship to study in the U.S., an athletic scholarship. What, what sport was it? I played softball. Uh huh. And where so did you I, go? What I university? Went to in Delaware. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty a unique experience being a prairie girl, um, coming from Saskatchewan, being landlocked almost my entire life to living um, on the coast. I was, you know, I was on the ocean, and it was, uh, it was a, it was a different, different world, different lifestyle, different culture. Um, but you know, something that I would never trade for anything. No regrets at all. Best couple, best couple of years. It was awesome. Wow. And then you came back to Saskatchewan or to Saskatoon. You got your bachelor's of commerce in 2016. Okay. All right. So now fast forward 25 years you've spent in sales and 15 of those years. I I love how I'm telling you this, like you're learning it. Oh, really? Was I? (laughs) So this, this it seems like a long time, but it's like a, like a flash. But when you say 25 years, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. And for listeners, the 15 of those years, Rindy spent in food service. We're going to be talking more about food service. So this is going to be interesting. You were at Cisco, you were at um, the Star Group and got an award, the Chairman's Club status for sales excellence. So you've been, you know, a shining star for quite some time in this field. It, I think it's a natural ability. Um, I, I'm a proclaimed in, introvert, but when I'm passionate about something um, and the food service industry, I paid my way through university being a server, like so many people do. And mm. you learn so much from that industry. You learn what a hard day's work is. Um, you're on your feet for eight, nine, 10 hours. Um, but it's very, it's a community. Um, and then your customers are, your you get to know them you get to develop personal relationships with them and you start to you know be introduced to people from a wide breadth of industry and so what a great um, introduction to my career um, working in working in food service as a server and then kind of switching over to the other side and and Mm -hmm. joining the food service side from the supplier side Um, and how can I now make that experience great for customers now. Well, you know, when you were talking about it, and I remembered my experience working in food industry and food service and my um, dramatic uh, experiences waitressing in uh, in Bahaba, Maine and um, in, in Michigan and other places, Indian restaurant in Ann Arbor, Michigan and a Jewish deli in Ann Arbor and oh, wow. <laughs> all sorts of variety of experiences. And I think it's a great job for people to have for no other reason than to have empathy for the food servers that we, we interact with when we're out at restaurants and it's such a, it can be so challenging. It lasts forever. So you always have empathy for hospitality workers. It doesn't matter how old I'll get. I will always remember, you know, what my Friday nights were, what my Saturday nights were, 
um, when I worked in an Irish pub or to when I was working in, you know, the family owned Greek restaurant to when I was working in the hotel. Um, you always, no matter when I'm traveling now for work or for pleasure, you just remember it takes you back to those days. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's a sense of accomplishment that comes with it. I, I went, I remember going to the registrar's office um, to pay my tuition in 20s which was by tip money. I, <laughs> I paid it in 20s because I, you know, I was like, you know what? It was, you looked was at, it was kind of an accomplishment. You so looked at the guy him. behind you and you're like, it's going to be a while, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He was lucky that it wasn't coins. Like, I mean, he was, I mean, good enough that I had changed it to bills and it wasn't, you know, loonies and toonies, which is Canadian currency. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was an accomplishment. It was kind of something that I felt really um, compelled to do was to pay my tuition in cash. That's, so it was, that's fascinating. Yeah. Now, in 2015, rather, you took a leadership role with the groundbreaking project of Whole Leaf. I want you to tell me more about what makes Whole Leaf so unique. What are so they exactly? Whole, yeah. Yeah. No, Whole Leaf is a 12-acre greenhouse located in southern Alberta in Lethbridge County. And we are North America's innovator for greenhouse-grown leafy greens. Um, we grow lettuce um, and specialty leaf year round, 365 days a year on the Canadian prairies when it's minus 40 degrees Celsius and 165 kilometer hour winds. And it's state of the art facility. Um, there's nothing else like it in the world. So we're doing some unique things. That's fascinating. And we're going to bring that back in a moment because there's a connection uh, to your your moment of fame um, in relationship (laughs) to whole whole leaf. So you shared with me that you have been happily married for 16 years to Troy. You have two amazing kids, Kale and Shay, which now I know Kale well is is a, is a very healthy green leaf and Shay, I think of like Shea butter, which is like really good for your skin. (laughs) Her nickname is Shea beans. (laughs) So we call her Shea Beans or Shea Butter all the time. So, um. <laughs> Excellent. And yeah. you passed on your love of sports to your kids. So you spent a lot of your free time watching them at hockey rinks and football fields and dance competitions, if I understand correctly. You bet. You bet. And once COVID is over, my daughter is planning to get into roller derby. So not something I did, but something that is a total fit for her personality. And we think she should go for it. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Everything else has been on hold because of COVID. So what are your kids doing for these to replace those sports? Um, You know, my daughter does Highland dance. Um, We're Scottish um, in our background. and, And so our dance school um, the Wilson School of Highland Dance in Calgary and Saskatoon. She's been amazing. She's been doing Zoom classes. Um, and so every day after school, um, Shay comes home and, and dances for, you know, 30 minutes or 45 minutes. It's just the support has been unbelievable. Hockey is still a go. Um, so there's restrictions, but um, Kale is a goalie. And uh, he, because he's the only goalie on the team, he now has to do both sessions of practice. So he's getting a double workout um, wow. these days with the, with the skaters and, and my husband coaches, um, and football was, football went off, um, this, uh, this fall because COVID wasn't too, too bad. So they were still able to play touch football. It was great. Oh, wow. Yeah. And now something else you said about, you shared with me about yourself is that you have a love of, uh, reading nonfiction yep. and learning and refining your leadership. Well, Rindy, I got a book for you. Have you okay. read or heard about, 
this book by Glennon Doyle called Untamed. No, I haven't heard of it. Tell me about it. Oh, well, I'm very excited that you, uh, I get to recommend it to you. It's a collection of her thoughts and opinions and suggestions on many different topics that can be applied in our personal relationships and our professional relationships. And one of the nuggets that I hold on to was she said, if I have to choose between disappointing someone else and disappointing myself, I will always choose to disappoint someone else. Wow. And you know, that's a very powerful thing for a lot of people I work with and coach, and we often want to put other people first. And it's that classic example of put your, your, your mask on you first before you put your mask on someone else. Now, of course, now we say mask. We don't know who we're ta- what we're talking about anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about the airplane, airplane. mask. Airplane, yeah. <laughs> don't go off to strangers and put your ma- the, a mask on. That would not go over well. So, yeah, so that's a book that I can really uh, highly recommend to you. Awesome. I'll definitely check it out. I, I always do my reading list in January and get my books for the next year. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely put that one on there. Thank that you. That is organized. Holy smokes. Yeah. Well, I do one big order from Amazon or Indigo, which is the Canadian kind of version of Amazon. And so I get them all. And then I... I I have an assortment to pick up during the year. So this year has been an incredibly, um, you know, large number of books. I think I'm on, I'm, I'm reading Ernest Shackleton's um, Endurance right oh. now about the Antarctic, um, transcontinental Antarctic voyage in 1914 and how they were, they were ice, they were locked in ice for yeah. over a year and they actually made it out and, and his true leadership story. through, true story and his leadership throughout um, this ordeal and, and getting all of the men out and, and, you know, some of the things that they had to endure. So, yeah, um, I didn't want to read it in the middle of summer when it was really hot. <laughs> so now that it's winter, I'm like, okay, I can deal with the ice and snow. <laughs> um, the title was, I had, I've always known that as Shackleton's way. Is there, you gave it a different title. What did you call it? Um, it's called endurance. And so okay. it's by uh, Albert Lansing. I believe okay, he so was the original. Plays like the, the tagline or something. Could be. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Great book for leadership and, and controlling your mindset and, and, and the impact your energy has on other people. Of course. And just how, how leadership isn't always about being out in front, right. And making sure that your team is pulling their weight and contributing to the environment and, and making sure that, that everybody is on par and, and doing what they need to do. So the, it's quite interesting because these weren't, these weren't sailors. Um, they were scientists. They were meteorologists. There was uh-huh. a cook, you know, like they weren't, it, this wasn't a crew of, of, you know, experienced oh. people that were, that were on the sea. They, they were there to, to do research and to do science and to take notes. And so they didn't have a ton of, um, you know, sea history or being on the sea there was a couple of them um but for the majority of the crew most of them were were scientists well that's first voyage (laughs) that makes it even more fascinating because you're exactly right when as if they're a a sailor they have a mental mindset and preparation and expectations whereas these guys did not have that okay yeah yeah, wow. it was incredible. I just got through the part in the book where they spent 12 to 14 hours chipping away 
at, you know, an ice flow that was, you know, one to two feet deep. And that was a, that was minimal to see if they could get the ship to open water. And they spent four days and they had only, don't quote me on this, but I think that they had only made it about 150 yards. Yeah. Like unbelievable, the amount of work and effort. And this is 1914. There isn't radios. There is no internet. There are no satellites. Like, right. Right. It's just them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great recommendation for Mm -hmm. listeners. Um, So I want to come back now to this link that you shared with me that you told me that you had, you were in a Wendy's hamburger commercial. Yes. Yes. How did that happen? Our greenhouse, um, as special as it is, we connected in with Wendy's Canada um, a couple of years ago, and we were at their supplier conference. And um, one of my coworkers had had mentioned to someone walking by, hey, do you know that we grow lettuce? And the person at Wendy's did a 180, came back around and said, say what? And so it, that's how it started. And then, you know, skip ahead two years, and we are launching greenhouse growing, Canadian greenhouse growing lettuce across mm-hmm. Canada from this little greenhouse in Alberta for all of Wendy's burgers and salads. Along with that comes a media campaign. And Wendy's um, is, is a very large um, QSR, quick serve restaurant, fast food restaurant in North right. America. And they're, they're expanding, actually. They're, there is international locations. Okay. Um, so they're, you know, they're, they're going, they're headed back to the UK. They're in Asia. They're in, you know, Latin America. Um, and so the Canadian team was introducing greenhouse growing lettuce to the Canadian marketplace. And Wendy... The Wendy's logo is this young girl with these very cute pigtails and freckles. And oddly enough, um, I'm not that young anymore, but oddly enough, I, I get called Wendy all the time on Starbucks cards or on my Starbucks cup. I always get Wendy. Instead um, of your correct my name, real Rindy. Name, my correct name, which is Rindy. And so <laughs> the, the media company asked me if I would be the lettuce whisperer in the media campaign. So I got to star with our lettuce, um, you know, in the campaign. And actually yesterday, Twitter Canada announced that the campaign won a, uh, a best of Twitter 2020, which really was the best campaign to make us feel connected. Cause they, we had people tweet in tweets of love to the lettuce because there's a, um, <laughs> you know, there's scientific evidence that if you talk to lettuce and you sing to plants and right. woman's voice, um, talking to plants helps them grow better. And so we actually proved that out with, with the Wendy's Canada team. It was really, really neat. It's like exciting. Oh, that is hysterical. So people could check it out on Twitter if they want to. You bet. You bet. Okay, it was done cool. in the summer. So you have to head back a few months. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, now I want to move into what we're the, the meat of our conversation today, which has really been about uh, the work that I do using the model of predator prey partner, which I'm going to do a, a quick explanation of that for listeners. This is a model that my sister, Pat Kirkland developed, and you can check it out on her website, patkirklandleadership.com. And so we have three archetypes. We've got the predator, the prey, the partner. The partner is the balance where we're holding high respect for ourselves, high respect for the other all as well. The problem under pressure, stress, perceived threat, crisis, covid or just if we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, and there's no Wendy's nearby, we could go predator or prey. So the predator holds too much respect for herself, not enough for others. 
the prey holds too much respect for the other, not enough for themselves. So the predator will damage relationships. The prey can trigger other people to mistreat them. Either way, neither one of those is sustainable. So the work I do is to help people step in partner before they need it, stay in partner when the going gets tough, and remain in partner even if they don't get what they want in that moment. So that's a quick uh, overview for listeners, and they can be listening with that lens as we're going through these examples of success stories that you've had most recently. And the other thing is um, the model is based on a series of body language, voice, words, and mindset. And the mindset comes from the book that you read four years ago, The Ego Tango. Um, so we're going we're gonna to take it from, we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. Though what I want to first do is I'm so, I'm burning with curiosity, Rindy, because when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, preparing for today's conversation, you had said, so Amy, I got some of these challenges still. I, I have to control better my facial expressions. I've been accused that my uh, looking like I'm smirking when I'm smiling. Um, I, and then when on video, I, when I look away from the camera, people see that as eye rolling or disagreement. And so from kn- knowing those things, Amy, what do you suggest? And from that, we had a little, little mini coaching session and the coaching tips I gave you. So the listeners are, are, are aware of what you're going to share with um, your, your input is I recommended that you speak with more pauses, use less words, really concise speech, minimize it, uh, avoid the over apology on your face, which is your eyebrows going up. <laughs> and then yes. the last thing I had recommended was let yourself be interrupted. Yep. Now it wasn't that long ago we talked, you haven't had that much time to practice. So though, so, tell me, um, based on that conversation, what, what's been going on for the last couple of days with those skills? The one comment that you had made that really resonated was let others interrupt you. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, as I, as I digested it and thought about it, it was more of if I let them interrupt me, then that shows respect back to them that I'm listening and I'm taking what they're saying and what they want to convey to me seriously. And I'm taking it in. So that was the main one. And then the next one was, you know, when you had just mentioned um, very short pauses and very concise language. So my emails the last couple of days, bullet points, Um, just can you please do this for me um, as an example, just very short, because as you said, you said, you know, there are members of the executive team or the C-suite level at the company that they are, you know, they're getting twice the amount of emails that I'm getting in a day. And they're trying to digest twice the amount of information that I'm trying to digest. And I know that I get overwhelmed, so I can't imagine their shoes. So if I need something from them or I want them to, if action is required for them, it's got to be bare minimum like high level, this is what I need. And, you know, the fluff can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's very cool. And actually I said, we spoke a couple of weeks ago. It's only been l- less than a week that we spoke and you've already yeah. been applying those things. And when I gave, now you were in a very coachable space. 
though, when I gave you those suggestions, speaking with pauses, minimal words, don't apologize, don't show the apology on your face, let yourself be interrupted. Were you surprised to hear any of that or uh, felt a little destabilized? And did it hit you in the, that way at all? Um, I don't think so. Like, I mean, it's always great to have reinforcement and, and coming from a professional that this is this is your day job and this is what you do for a living and a career. It resonates, right? So, you know, when my mom says it to me, it's like, oh, yeah, sure, mom, right? But, um, and I mean, and, she, and she's told me that before and, and I, but I want to take it in and I, you want to take it seriously because they are, your, your parents and your family will give you the most blunt, open and transparent feedback. But then when it comes from you, um, you know, it's like, it's great to be reminded of that. And it was very simple to follow. And I have you in my head running through short pauses, slow down. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, Rindy, I have to say, um, I will coach people and they're like, oh, my, my spouse or my, my wife, my husband always says that. And they never want to listen. And I can get away with saying stuff to them that they're, you know, so people save yourself the money, listen to your partners. <laughs> yeah. Put your ego to the side. We'll talk more about that later. So we're going to take a break now. And, um, if you want to connect with Rindy, you can go straight to LinkedIn and type in Rindy Bristol. That's R-I-N-D-I-B-R-I-S-T-O-L. And you can find her on LinkedIn. When we come back from break, we're going to be hearing from Rindy how she was able to apply the partner mindset techniques and behaviors to work like, I think, three different challenges you had and to and a miracle exchange with her professional nemesis. Stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you have colleagues, family members or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker and author... Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make your partner look good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behavior changes in voice, body language, words, and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy 
at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. I'm here today with Rindy Bristol, and we're talking about how Rindy has been able to, like, it was like, I think of um, Ninja Turtled, your, you know, you had like this partner mindset, Ninja Turtle approach to, to these skills. So let's jump into this. You uh, walk me through the start of what caught, what made, what motivated you to reach out to me a couple of weeks ago. So we had been working with some some people in our company and we were just really struggling for all of us to connect and get on the same page and, and move forward in a really productive manner. And I've read your book a couple of times. It's a great read because it's a, it's a quick read. It takes, I'm a slow reader, so it took me about an, an hour and a half to two hours to get through it. Um, but the fact that it only takes two hours, you get a sense of accomplishment and you kind of start to think to yourself that you get this action plan that things that you can um, use right away. So I was like, you know what, I was just kind of feeling a little down and I grabbed the book from my pile and I read through it quickly that night. And so the next morning I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm just going to give this another shot. There was a great reminder of some things that I, that I did from the first time I had read your book that I do naturally that I didn't realize until I'd kind of had the refresher course. So what are those? The one example of, you know, tell yourself a different story. So you tell the example in the, in the book about the driver that kind of speeds by you erratically and you were kind of like, you're getting all upset and, you know, like, why did he do that? And it was kind of, you know, internalizing it that he was driving erratically for something that you did. It was, it was kind of about you. And so I've actually taken that one. And when people drive erratically, I kind of think, you know what, maybe, maybe their wife is pregnant or maybe they, you know, they forgot that their oven was on and there's a cake in the oven that they're burning, right? Like lovely wife who's pregnant and carrying their children. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And so it's like, it wasn't about me. They're not driving erratically or, or horribly because of they're trying to impede my day or make my day worse. Okay. you're seeing that over the last few four years since reading that book, that that partner mindset technique has taken hold and you do that naturally and intuitively now. Yeah, I do it all the time. I, cool. it's, and I think about things where, you know, if you, you call customer service and, you know, for, a, for any reason and you get this person on the phone and my, I just try and put myself in my shoes and be like, okay, hey, I'm not their first call of the day. <laughs> Um, I can't imagine, I don't know what their last call or customer was. So, you know, and going back to my service industry days as, as a server, it was like, you know what, I just want people to treat me kindly. I'm asking them to do something or to help me. And so when I call them, it's like, hi, how are you today? And, you know, yeah, I'll, no problem. I can be on hold. I know that you need to check something, mm. right? Like there's no reason to get upset or to get um, angry. It wasn't their fault that, you know, somebody messed up somewhere. They're just the poor person. That's right. <laughs> right. So, phone. so putting yourself in their shoes and, and instantly creating empathy for them. Yeah. And telling them saying, you know what, Hey, I, I want to be their best customer of the day. I want to be the person that they go home and say, you know what? I had this really great woman on the phone that was just really nice and polite. Windy. And I, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What if, 
<laughs> what if everyone picked up the phone when they were about to become somebody's customer and said, what can I do to be this person's best customer of the day? Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think I it's it. important. I mean, these these people are out there, especially in today's you know, COVID world where they're out there, you know, risking their health to sell us a pair of socks. Yeah. Um, you know, so it doesn't matter if it's on the phone with somebody or it's, you know, the, the person at the gas station. I think it's just there's no cost to being friendly and polite. And you never know how you just might impact that person's day. They may be having right. a horrible day. And just because you said thank it's you true. or have a great day or I appreciate what you did for me. Yeah. You never know where it can take you. So let's jump. Yeah, so so true. And I really want um, to jump into these juicy success stories. So let's talk about the first one. What was the first thing that happened? You were heading off on a trip. Is that right? Yeah. So I needed to travel from the green or to the greenhouse. And I um, took a flight and I with some some things that had been going on at one of our facilities, I needed to cut short my trip by a couple of days. Um, and come back home. And so I needed to make amendments to my entire schedule. So I needed to cut, I needed to re take or cancel hotel rooms. I needed to readjust my rental car, um, you know, new flights or change my flights. And uh, the first one was at the rental car. I and, hadn't had an And I, I, thanks for letting me interrupt. So um, as a reminder to listeners, you reviewed the book and you said, okay, um, and you set a plan for yourself that I am going to apply the partner mindset techniques and behaviors no matter what is thrown at me. Yep. Okay. And you're yep. traveling and you're, you're, and plus there were, I think you said there were 60 centimeters of snow and that's, <laughs> that was the big snowfall day, I guess. It was, it was. Okay. And so I, I get to the car rental counter and I, I let the, the, the person know I let the the woman know I said sorry I said I'm sorry my travel plans changed I need to I only need the car for a couple of days could you um, revise my reservation and she said yeah sure no problem thank you for letting me know and so she did it and uh, she handed me the documents to sign and I started to look through them and I said there's there's something off here um, because I had booked the car for a week. I now only needed it for two days and the price was the same as almost, almost identical to what the week was worth. So I said to her, I said, Hey, okay, hold on. before you say anything, tell me what happened in your brain in that moment when you realized the price wasn't correct. I was like, I'm going to use this, you know, tell yourself a different story or, um, how would this person deal? How would this person want to be dealt with? Um, okay. So right in that moment, what I'm hearing is that you caught yourself instantly. There wasn't a sense of rage or frustration or this is ridiculous. It was, oh, this is an opportunity for me to use the skills. Is that accurate? Yes. So it's very accurate. Okay. So I I passed the documents back to the customer service agent and I said to her, could you outline the charges here or the daily rate? And she said, yeah, for sure. And so she started to go through the document and she goes, oh my gosh. And, and I said, oh, what, what, what's wrong? And she goes, I changed the dates, but the daily rate didn't change. And I said, oh, and she's like, well, just wait a second. Like, let me fix that up. And I said, sure, no problem. I've got some time. And so she changed it. The new rate came across and it was like, it was a hundred dollars cheaper than Amazing. what 
It was. And she goes, here you go. And I said, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate you taking the time to look over this with me. It, you know, it, it meant a lot. So, so I'm hearing a couple of things because it's, it's, you, you do these things quickly and almost automatically that maybe listeners not, not necessarily going to realize all that went into it. So when she said, you know, let me fix this, you didn't say, Fine. Or, yeah, okay, you know, you didn't, there wasn't a sense of exasperation or annoyance or frustration. You remained gracious and relaxed and easygoing, even if that was maybe not how you were feeling inside. Totally. I was actually in a hurry. And so, oh. but I mean, I was kind of in a hurry. I wanted to get going. I didn't right. want to be there anymore. You know, Who I was does? tired. <laughs> Right. And so I, but I was kind of like, you know what, like she's at work and she's going to be here for the next six hours or whatever she's got left on her Mm. shift or whatever. And I, again, I just wanted to be that customer. That was the one that she goes, yeah. Okay. And then the very thing at the end, because you never know when you're going to need to, you know, use this skill, this, this service or these people again is you stayed really gracious afterwards and thanked her and and didn't do any, you know, no sarcastic comment or rolling your eyes or say, well, you know, perhaps next time you should be a little more careful of the detail lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like she was more than happy to check it. And I, because I didn't accuse her of not charging me the right price. And I think that's what it may, perhaps that's what she appreciated was I didn't accuse her. I just yes. asked for, you know, an explanation or a better understanding for myself of what the charges yes. were. So this is another piece you remained a gracious part, partner and customer by not pointing out where the person was wrong. That's not to say you were able to point it out, except you just didn't do it in this nasty way. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what was uh, challenge number two? The next one was the hotel. So I end up going to the hotel and checking in. And this is a hotel I've stayed at before, and they, they do a great job of remembering their guests. and you know, I had just booked a regular room and I started chatting with the receptionist um, at the hotel and and we were talking about the snowstorm and whatnot. And I said, oh my gosh, it was crazy. And she goes, well, my family lives in Kindersley and Kindersley, Saskatchewan was actually where the record snowfall fell for this blizzard. And I said, oh my gosh, I can't imagine what your family is doing to dig out of 55 centimeters of snow in November. Like that's unbelievable. And she said, she's like, I'm glad I'm not there, not shoveling snow. And I said, yeah, no kidding. And she goes, you know what? She's like, let me upgrade you to a suite. And I was like, (laughs) because (laughs) I'm just like, you know, sure. Like it just was kind of, we made a personal connection. I was, you know, Oh, oh, I get, I know why it's working though. Though the irony is there was no justification for her to upgrade you. You hadn't asked for it. Mm -mm. There wasn't um, some kind of error that they made that they were needing to apologize for. It was simply you guys having a great connection and suddenly she, because she has this discretionary effort, she has this ability to do something. She chooses to be generous and do it because it's selfishly going to make her feel good about herself. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. And then I, I actually, the next day when I came down out of the elevator, she was back at the front desk and I said, and I 
you know, this was after she had upgraded my room and I just happened to walk by her. She smiled at me and I said, Hey, did your family end up digging out or how are they doing? And she said, Oh, they're doing great, but they're still shoveling. And I said, Oh my gosh, well, I hope they get done soon. And I said, have a great day. And she said, do you have a great day too? Right. And so like, it just, that was after I didn't, there was nothing that I needed in return. Um, I just wanted to show her that I appreciated what she was able to do for me. So I was in a great room with a great view. And then didn't you tell me something like when you went in to get in your car, there was a, yeah, there was a little extra bonus? Yeah, the, the bellman. I, so I had run to Starbucks to go grab a, a, a latte. And I had said, can I just leave my bags here? I just want to run to the Starbucks and, and come back. And, and they said, yeah, no problem. I got back. They had brought my car up um, from the valet and uh, he gave me the keys. Actually, he didn't give me the keys. He said, your car's waiting. And I said, oh, great, thanks. He had actually put my suitcase and my luggage in the car and he had thrown a water bottle, a bottle of water in the console, opened the door for me and then literally handed my keys and said, thanks, Miss Bristol. Wow, so classy. Now that might just be, that's how that hotel operates all the time. Though, frankly, my sense is that you're showing up with this lovely, gracious, positive energy, regardless of what might be going on inside and and these magical little things keep happening. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I wasn't tied to the outcome. I think that's another one of your, your, you know, pieces of advice where, and that very much falls into the next success story is that, you know what, I just wasn't tied to the outcome. If it happened, it happened. If it didn't, we, oh, well. In this no story, in this story, which what was the outcome that you weren't attached to? The, the having a, the room upgraded. I knew which room I was going to get. Right. I didn't ask for it, and I was totally under the expectation that I was going to get the room that I had booked, and I was good with that. I was good whether I got that room. Um, I was even better that I got yeah. you know, the suite. So yeah, it didn't matter. But I mean, the not being tied to the outcome was so much important to the next little you know. Yes, miracle. let's get into that one. Because you're right. It's easy to not be attached to the outcome for an upgrade. You weren't expecting it. It's when we want what we want that that's particularly hard to be attached to the outcome. Okay. So this last one, um, give us some backstory on it. So there's a, there's a person that, that I work with and we've kind of had a tumultuous past. I think that we are similar thinkers and therefore we can tend to butt heads and um, we don't always see eye to eye or on the same level. And there's been some conflict. There's been some professional conflict. I'll, I'll admit it. Um, And I want to get to a place with this person that we have a cordial professional relationship and we can be productive. Um, And so I read the book and said, what things can I, what tidbits, what little tips and tricks can I use um, with this person? We had a conversation coming up that there was something we really wanted and needed from him. Okay. So Uh, let's, uh, let's call him Simon. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So Simon, what is your relationship with Simon? Peers? Subordinate? Uh, he's, he's on the executive level. Um, okay. I don't report into him, but we do the way our company is, is fairly small. Yeah. So we do cross paths um, significantly and, and often. And, and he is um, a customer champion for one of our biggest customers. So it's okay. So he's senior to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which impacts things. 
For sure. For sure. Um, And so we had developed a product that we really wanted to present to one of our important customers. And we needed his support. And I guess I want to say his blessing um, to be able to present this product to the customer. We thought it had To Simon's customer. To Simon's customer. It's our company's Mm -hmm. customer, but, but he's the customer champion. He's the one that leads um, the communication with this customer um, leads, you know, knows the little nuances and, and all the things that are going on with this customer so that we can provide them great products and, you know, great customer service. So, um, and so we had, me and my coworker had connected with him to kind of say, hey, this is our idea. This is our product. Um, and what we and really wanted. Let me interrupt you. I'm going to slow down the the process a little bit and, and rewind because one of the things I remember you had said to me was before going into the meeting with Simon, you said to yourself, uh, I knew I needed to check my ego. What does that mean for you when you said, when you say check your ego and put it to the side? I knew I needed to hear him out. He, mm-hmm. I knew that he was going to question and I know that from our past history that he was going to ask some really tough questions. He was going to ask some questions and probably questions that I may have found um, unreasonable, maybe, Mm. or, you know, just why are we talking about this? Or why are you asking these questions? It has, you know, maybe in my thought, it had nothing to do with with the product or the, the subject of the meeting, but that's his personality. And, and I have to roll with that. If there's something that I needed from Simon, I needed to check my ego at the door and, and answer the questions and really work with him to get the outcome that we needed. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. And then um, you're in the meeting with him, with your colleague. We're in the meeting. My ego is checked and we're going through and the questions kind of start firing. Um, I don't understand this part of the product. I don't understand why we're doing this. How do we do this? And just question after question after question, because at the end of the day, I really think that he asked these questions so that he has the full gamut of details so that he can go back to the customer. And when he's asked questions, he has an answer for it because he's heard it somewhere in a conversation. So, so that is an example of you making up a story that justifies his behavior that is not about him wanting to be difficult to, for the sake of being difficult. So that's generous of you and, and, and helps you to shift to stay partner. And then when he's drilling these questions at you, how were you showing that you had checked your ego to the side? What, what were you doing or not doing as he was asking these questions? Being very still Mm -hmm. in my movements. Um, I, I do have a habit to use my eyebrows quite a bit. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, I do. I hadn't noticed. I know. (laughs) Um, So just being very still and very, you know, with everything I had, concentrating on what he was saying, Mm. how he was saying it, and then, you know, listening, very, very much active listening and not having a response ready, listening to what he was saying, and then taking that moment to think that millisecond, microsecond to think before I respond, but not have that response ready. So uh, that in the pausing is letting him know uh, you're absorbing what he has said, you're processing it. So you're not, you know, firing away 
and in reaction mode, you're in response mode. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it it was, it was now that I think back at the conversation, you know, the conversation that we had earlier, when you kind of said, you know, facts only or very concise, that's what this conversation was without actually me. I just recognize that now, but it was just the facts. This is what we can do. This is the costing. This is the components. And this is when we'd like to go to market with it. Would you be open to us presenting this to the customer? And there was an ask. It was a very plain ask. And we really wanted him to say yes. If we didn't have his blessing and his go-ahead, we weren't getting out of the gate. So So is that the example where you were attached to the outcome? Yeah, but I went into the conversation knowing from our history that he just may not be on board yet. We may have to go back. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Yes, Rindy, you're exactly right. Um, sometimes we can't fully detach from what we want. The irony is just being aware that we're attached to a certain outcome is already enough for us to be able to manage ourselves and control ourselves. So um, doing our best to not be attached to the outcome is great. And if we're still attached, just acknowledging that and realizing that's a, a, a point of vulnerability is already progress in the right direction. Right. And it didn't mean that if we didn't get the outcome at, on this call, it didn't mean that we wouldn't get the outcome ever, right? True. So at that moment, that call, um, with those people on the call, I was not attached to the out. I really, and it was a really, it was a struggle. It was a challenge because I really, really wanted this. We had worked on this for quite a few months. We had put a lot of time, energy, and effort into this. And we really wanted that. But I really had to have a focused effort to not be attached to the outcome of this conversation. So, but Checking my ego at the door going into the conversation was the most important thing. And you said you also used, thanks, the broken record approach. How did you apply that? It's the, it's the repetition of just repeating exactly what I want out of it. Mm-hmm. I want your blessing to, to go ahead and present this to the customer. And then we'd get a few more questions. I'd like your permission to present this to the customer. I think this is something that they it fits in well with um, their model. It mm-hmm. fits in well with their assortment. And it's not necessarily the exact same sentence or sentiment over and over again. It's changed slightly or used different words. But again, it's like, I'd like your permission or your, I'd like your blessing or are you good to support us to introduce this product to the customer? And this broken record approach is exactly, listeners, as Rindy's modeling it, is saying the same thing consistently over and over in a calm cool, controlled manner, not showing annoyance or frustration or agitation, you know, every time you have to repeat yourself. And I, and obviously that's where the title, the term comes from broken record approach. By the way, this works extremely well for uh, kids who don't want to go to bed. No, honey, I'm no, it's not time to show me the science experiment. No, no, sweetheart. No, no, you've already brushed your teeth once. No, sweetheart. It's time for bed, sweetheart. It's time for bed. So that's very cool. All right. So we're starting to get um, get to the wrap up. Uh, the, before we wrap up, Rindy, I want you to finish that story. Is there anything else about that story? Give us the outcome. How did it go? The outcome was, is he did actually give us his blessing to present to the customer. It's, we got what we wanted. It was a 
quick call. I think it was, you know, it was 30 minutes. Sometimes we can get off track and we end up going an hour. Um, but we were very focused and dedicated. And, you know, it's it's important when you say a calm, cool manner. I think sometimes women are seen kind of maybe more emotional than men because we tend to maybe just wear that a little bit more um, outwardly than, than men do. But you know, there's times when you really have to check that. And sometimes you have to think more like the person you're talking to. Yeah. And that how is yourself. Yeah. And if you are somebody listener, if you're a person who people accuse you of being emotional or intense, adding the pauses is a gorgeous fix to that. You get to say exactly what you want to say, and yet it will come across as more calm. Yeah. So uh, very cool. And now you gave the presentation to the the customer then, right? We did. Yep. We How did that go. Uh, it's not the right time for them. So you oh. know what, but it's not dead. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's what happens, but it's not the right time. But you know what, our CEO actually picked up on the, on the item and we're going to go back to the drawing board and maybe we can tweak it. And, uh, we really feel that there's merit to the nice. concept and to the idea. And so, you know what, sometimes products take a little bit longer to, to, to surface than others. So it's mm-hmm. all good. It was great experience, great learning experience. So. Yeah. Yeah. And well done with Simon. Thank so, you. um, as we're starting to wrap up, there was Rindy, something I had wanted to do with you was a role play to show how, um, in, powerful listening is and staying present. Since we don't have time, I want to tell listeners about this anyway, because it might be interesting because you talked about with Simon, how you had to force yourself to just listen to him and stay present. And when, especially when we disagree with someone, often when the other person's talking, we're in our head thinking about plotting our response and our reaction. And that's not necessarily going to get us where we want to go. So there is a technique that I'd like to recommend to listeners. And this is my first call for action. And then I'm going to turn it over to you, Rindy, to give a call for action. And this is called a voice mirror technique. And it comes from Sue Walden of improvworks.org. So if listeners, if you're interested in this, just email me and I'll send you this information. And the way it works is when someone else is talking you were your you review in your head precisely what they're saying. You're matching their words word for word in your head, and that will help you to stay present. Okay, that's my call for action. Rindy, what's yours in fifteen seconds or less? My call for action is: I think you know, it just be gracious, and empathy is a fabulous tool. Um, for, for all of us to be reminded of every day. And I just, so important, so important cool. empathy. Excellent. And you can connect with Rindy on LinkedIn, Rindy Bristol. Now feel free to connect with me on any of my social media channels, Amy Carroll Coaching. And if you're ready to take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, join me for one of my online leadership presence courses. You can check out the information on my website, carolcoaching.com. That's two R's and two L's. Rindy, thank you so much. It's been delightful talking with you today. Thanks so much, Amy. It was a pleasure. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to tune in next week. And in the meantime, everyone, happy partnering. 
Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good. We'll be right back. 